Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. If you've got your Bible, go with us to the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 6. I'm going to read a very familiar portion of scripture. In fact, I won't read every verse of it because many of you are familiar. We heard Daniel in the lion's den, maybe in children's church, or maybe you learned that in some sort of VBS, or you've heard uh, people who uh, uh, love God around you talk about Daniel in the lion's den. Um, I'm just so grateful for our children's ministry right now. We got three amazing foster girls, come on, in there, loving on them right now, teaching our kids about the Holy Spirit. Give it up for our children's ministry, come on. Would you help me, come on, celebrate them. They need to be able to hear it. They volunteer their time. Our dream team's so amazing and multifaceted from hosts to to greeters to uh, kids, uh, volunteers choosing, we're not just going to babysit kids. We're going to help them connect with God on their level. And I love that. I love that. And so um, uh, so let's dig into what is traditionally known, maybe you heard it in children's church, Daniel chapter 6. If you got it in your Bible, say, I am there. All right, come on. If you're not there, we got a big digital Bible you can follow along. And you're like, that's what I was waiting for anyway, Pastor. Hopefully you're taking notes. All right. Um, here's what I want to wrestle with. In a... In a day and age where sometimes it feels like in order to follow Christ, I have to go against the culture, or in order to do what the culture does, I go against the Christ. How do we balance this thing? Like, do I stand firm, be rigid, be, be rough, and be strict? A lot of the Pharisees were that way. The, the Romans tried to annihilate their Christian belief or, or, or their belief in Yahweh, and, and they tried to uh, exile or push the Jews aside in their worship. And so the Pharisees were kind of saying, not on my watch. We, we, we'll grow stiff-necked if we have to. In other words, we will put our foot down, and we will fight for Christianity. We will fight for our belief. And, and nowadays, we give Pharisees a bad rep, but really they were trying to be the protectors of the holy faith and and, and then so do do we stand firm and rigid and rough to where people don't want to have anything to do with us or do we go after immense influence so much so that pastor i'm just trying to hang with them so that i'm buying points and i'm just trying i'm going everywhere with them and i'm crossing every line with them because i'm i'm gaining influence with them and we can so lose ourselves trying to gain influence daniel had this way of juggling both Let's look at Daniel chapter 6. He, he chose a both-and approach. It says, in, 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 uh, and here's the message I've entitled, The Secret of Influence. Oh, come on. Some of you are like, I'll take notes now. I like this. I could use a little more influence in my life. Let's look at the built different, The Secret of Influence. Daniel chapter 6 says, It pleased King Darius to appoint 120 sad traps. Say sad traps. I just wanted you to say it because it's a fun word to say. <laughs> sad, sad traps. Who says that anymore? That would be like renaming our governors. I encourage you to write your councilman and refer to him as you honorable sad trap. I just wanted to share with you. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, 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 a ruler figure of the area. And I want to point something out to you. This is King Darius. This is the book of Daniel describes. This is Daniel's third regime change since he's been exiled 
So he's served under Jewish rule in, 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 um, in his promised land. Then he was exiled, and he's gone through three different kings. Come on. This is his fourth regime, and yet he is not salty. He is not pessimistic. He is influencing people right where he's at. Come on. That might be a word for somebody like, I don't like change. If it changes one more time, I'll let you know how I feel about it. Right? Daniel had every reason to be that way, and yet it pleases King Darius. To appoint a hundred satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. I like this boy, Daniel. Make sure he gets one of the elite positions. The satraps were made, made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. In other words, he wanted to see progress. He didn't want to see regression. He wanted to see progression. And what I love about it is he said, I want to progress this kingdom, and I'm looking for people with the spirit of Daniel in them. Come on. I might not believe like Daniel. I might not have the same God as Daniel. But I believe God wants to raise up believers that are so exceptional in nature that the world takes note. That if I want to progress this institution, if I want to progress this family, if I want to progress uh, um, and, and get out of this hole that I've dug in, I need a believer. I need a follower of Jesus Christ. I need somebody with a spirit like Daniel. Come on. I believe it. I, I, I believe that we need believers going after things and making a difference. And it says in verse 3. So now Daniel, this part you need to underline. He so distinguished himself. Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Come on. That gets my attention. I would underline it or circle it, that Daniel so distinguished himself. Sometimes when you say the word built different in modern day, we refer to people who have born uh, distinguishing factors about them. LeBron James. Oh, this brother likes to play basketball too. And I can drop a J at a high percentage rate. But there's something different about LeBron James in me, right? He's just built different. The brother's huge. He can play ball at a much higher level. Steve Jobs would be considered built different the way he thought and his innovative visionary mind. Come on. Tom Brady, how in the world does this guy become the, the, the golden child? Denzel Washington. Come on. I should have had the lead part. <laughs> Denzel, man, I'll tell you. Like, there's certain people just... Built different, right? They're just born with it. They got the looks. They got the charisma. They got the, the talent, and it comes with it. But that's not what Daniel is, is necessarily described as having. It says Daniel so distinguished himself. I'm not going to live just like everybody else. I am going to distinguish myself. I shall preach the rest of the message and read the biblical text with these glasses on because my my IQ level just went up in your mind as I have distinguished myself. Yeah, have you ever heard the, the, the gentleman's term? Like when you go flying, just throw a blazer over any sort of outfit because people treat you differently when you distinguish yourself. My wife was like, I don't know if you could put the suit coat over this. I said, oh, you can. You could put it over anything. And I will fly, baby. I will distinguish myself. Oh, come on. <laughs> Listen, Daniel distinguished himself, and you too can distinguish yourself to become different. Shout out to my daughter. These are my daughter's glasses. 
So many of our young generation are wearing glasses that are not prescription filled. Because they are distinguishing themselves. I have complimented way too many Generation Zers. And I'm like, those are some sweet frames. And they're like, they're fake. And I'm like, I, I'm no longer complimenting that anymore. <laughs> Listen, it can be developed. A built different lifestyle can be developed. Because being distinguishing yourself is about what you do and how you do it. Rawr. How, how do we live a life that influences our leaders and others around us? I, I just finished up our small group, and we were reading through the, the Bible in the semester. And so naturally, I needed to start over. Um, uh, I, I wanted to continue reading as our small group concluded. Shout out to all the small groups. It's been amazing uh, what the, we're hearing and the testimonies and how people have been connected and discipled. I cannot wait till the next round. But we were reading on a plan together, and so I was like, I, I, I'll just start from the beginning again. And so I'm reading in Genesis 1, and, you know, many of us are familiar with Genesis 1. God created the heavens and the earth, and, and God created the land and the seas, and, the, and, and, and he created all kinds of things. You know what caught my attention? God's creation often came through separation. Come on. There are so many times we don't want to separate ourselves from things that are common or current or trendy, but God often precedes, uh, uh, God often, uh, creation precede, is, is started first by separation. I'm confusing what I'm trying to say. Let me say this. It said, God separated light from darkness, and it was good. God separated the land from the seas. His, his creation oftentimes comes out of separation. And sometimes we fight God because I don't want to separate from this group of friends. I don't want to separate from this lifestyle. I don't want to separate from this kind of thing. Some of y'all need to start praising God that that person it has an ex in front of their description because they are an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend. You're like, praise God, he separated me from them because I needed, I needed space for God to create something in me, right? Some of y'all like, I'm praising God, you are an ex. Come on, I need to separate. That's, that's a word for some of y'all. You need to separate so that God can create. And, and in other words, I can't make a difference if there's no difference. Like many of us want to make a difference in our lives, but you can't make a difference if there's nothing different about you. God wants you to be built different. So let's lean into this. As I read the book of Daniel, I see four built different differentiators that, that causes him to be different than the rest. And it should be true of every single believer of Jesus that when we follow him, we should see these things operating in our life. If you bought that Daniel Dilemma book that I suggested on week one, chapter 14 leans into this even better than I can. But I, I, I just want to encourage you to read that. But let's go. Daniel chapter 6. The Bible says that many of us know the story that Daniel, uh, King, King Darius set up 120 satraps. And he said, I need Daniel to be one of the elite three. So the others started hating on Daniel, and they figured out a way to get him to write a law or an edict that said if he prays to anyone other than Darius, he has to be executed, thrown into the lion's den. And so Daniel opens up the public windows, prays in front of everybody that I will stay connected to God. I have a line. I'm not going to cross it. I will honor my king, but I'm not going to give in to idolatry. I know who the real king of kings is. And, and he prays, and, and the other satraps say, hey, listen, 
he's praying to someone else. Don't we have to kill him? And he's like, yeah, just execute him. And who is it, by the way? And they're like, Daniel. He's like, not Daniel. And, and, and Daniel has to be thrown into the lion's den. And after God saves him, it says in verse 22, Daniel 6, 22, the king runs out and he says, hey, Daniel, was your God able to save you from the lion's den? And in verse 22, Daniel replies, I have been found innocent in God's sight. He delivered me because I've been found innocent in God's sight. Number one, the number one built different differentiator that we should be living with is that we love God. We love God so much that we will choose a love over, of God over a love of affirmation from the world. I will choose the love of God, the approval of God over the approval of men. Let's get real. So many times we feel pressured into going along with the, the approval of man. I've been tempted by it. You've been tempted by it. And Daniel stood firm because he said, I love God. If you ask him what, uh, what, what is held against me, I am innocent in his sight. I chose the love of God over the love of man any day of the week. And so because of it, listen, I can stand firm that my God will deliver, my God will provide, my God is good. Come on. When culture contends with Christ, the love of God more than the approval of man rises up in the built different. Come on. Look at Numbers 14, 24. The Bible describes... 12 spies that were sent into a land to go check out the land that God wanted to give them. 10 came back and said what the culture says. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. We're weak. We're nobodies. We ought to just lay low. Just call this good enough. Let's just settle. And two of them said, we're not giving in to that. And the Bible says this in verse uh, 24. Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. Different than anyone else. Willing to trust me when everybody else is doubting me. Because he's got a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I'll bring him into the promised land I guaranteed him. Nobody else will see their promised land except the built different who choose to trust me instead of trusting what the culture has to say. Popular theory says this, but my God says this. I choose number one to be different because I will choose God every single time. I will love him number one. I will make him the king of my heart. If you agree with that, can I get an amen? The number one differentiator of the built different is that they develop a relationship with God. And they're unwilling to budge from it. Come on. I will not put that on the side. I will not reprioritize it. I will not make God number two. Acts 4.13 says a bunch of people in the New Testament, they, they, they were like, this is after Jesus just passed away. And they were like, about his followers, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they just realized that they were ordinary. They were unschooled. There was nothing special about these guys. Except they had one differentiator about them. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Do you know when you spend time with Jesus, it rubs off on you. You can't help but to be different when you spend time with the difference maker. Come on. We have got to choose. I am not going to give up my time with God. I am going to choose to live with him, spend time with him, and I will not bow down to the pressures of Facebook, social media, my email. All of those want my attention the moment I wake up. My kids, the, the, uh, the scores from last night, but I choose to 
to bow down to those things first, I shall give my morning. I shall rise and spend it with the Lord. Come on, I don't care what time of day you spend it in, but you know that sometimes the day works better for you. And will you give that time to God? Being with God, praying, fasting, studying His Word and reading it for yourself, worshiping, these are all things that cause us to be different. In fact, write this down. We're not always perfect. Even, if you, even as you pursue God, we're not always perfect. But when we spend time with God, He perfects us. It's worshiping that reminds me, hey, I need to adjust some things. It's, it's reading His Word that reminds me, ooh, I'm a little bit off in some areas. And He begins to perfect me as I spend time with Him. Come on. We've got to choose to spend time with Him. I've got to ask you a question. How much time are you spending with God daily? I ask you that knowing that it will be the greatest benefit of your life to get back that time with God. Oh, girls, I know you look better when you got an extra 20 minutes in front of that mirror. But I'll tell you what looks even better on you, an extra 20 minutes with God. Come on. Oh, guys, come on. I know you can perform better if you read Forbes magazine or make sure you read Leadership Today or whatever. You've got to read or stay up with current news. But what, you know what looks better on you? Spending time with God. That's what your family needs. That's what your coworkers need. That's what your loved ones need. They need you to be different, and starting to be different starts with loving God. Number two, come on. It says in verse 14, earlier on in the Daniel 6 story, that when the officials approached uh, the king to tell them how Daniel's praying in the window, and you've got to kill him now, the Bible says this, that when the king heard this, in verse 14, the king was deeply troubled. The king tried to think of a way to save Daniel. In fact, he spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. King Darius is from Media. He's, he's, a, uh, he's, he's a Persian. They just overthrew Babylon. He is not a follower of Jewish culture. He's not a follower of the king of kings. And yet he says, I am so in love with this guy who's got a different spirit that I'm looking for loopholes in my own edicts. <laughs> I'm looking for a way to make sure that my coworkers don't turn on him because he's so valuable in the kingdom. You don't fight for someone you don't fall in love with. And you don't love somebody who hasn't, number two, loved people first. Daniel learned how to love people. <laughs> it's fair to say Daniel didn't vote for this king. And he chose to honor the king so much so that the king would fight for him. Come on. I don't care if you didn't vote for the current president. The Bible tells me that I'm supposed to pray for my current leaders. I don't care if you didn't vote for the last one. I don't care if you voted for the governor. I don't care if you vote. I encourage you to vote. But the Bible is very clear that we've got to love people in the pursuit of loving God. The Bible says this, that um, Jesus, he was so different. He loved the unlovable. He spent time with the ones no one wanted to spend time with. When culture turned on him and said, she sleeps with everybody, he says, I hold it not against you. Go and sin no more. Like, our Jesus loved people so well it made us uncomfortable. It still makes me a little uncomfortable, right? If you encountered the same thing, wouldn't you be a little bit uncomfortable? And yet he loved people. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 says, If I have the gift of prophecy 
and I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge. In other words, if I know everything that this holy book says, and if I can quote it to you anytime I want to, if I could also pray and move and have a faith that moves mountains whenever I pray, and yet I do not have love, I am nothing. All my intellect is wasted. All my godly reverence is like a clanging gong. It makes, it is futile and useless if I have not love. I think many Christians, come on, we got to get better at loving people that we don't prefer. Come on. We are so used to attacking people that we don't prefer. We live in a political culture where if you didn't think like me, act like me, do like me, then I cancel you and I call, and I call you out and you are no longer relevant to me. And yet Jesus would not cancel anyone. I think that we treat people like Gianna, my, my, our five-year-old girl, treats frogs. Oh, my goodness, she loves frogs. They love this time of year. My five-year-old and six-year-old, they go outside as soon as we let them. And they go catch every living creature that is disgusting. And, 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 they, and they love it. I'm telling you, it, it brightens their smiles. You, you wake up in the morning, you're trying to read your Bible. They're like, can I go outside? I'm like, sure. Next thing you know, they're knocking at the door and they're holding a bullfrog. And it's, you know, it's just looking at you in the window. It's not a bullfrog, but it's so stinking big, I thought it was. Okay? And she's got these buggy eyes, and she's looking at me. I'm like, that's nice. It can stay on the outside of the window. Don't you bring that junk up in here. Come on. Daddy's got rules, right? And then you find out, Daddy, so-and-so brought up the frog. They snuck it into their closet. I'm like, they ain't bring those frogs up into my closet. Ain't no frogs mating up in this house. We ain't, ain't going to have these living things that aren't in cages. All right? <laughs> so... <laughs> so she brings the frog to the front door or, or to the back door and she knocks the smile on her face is beaming she loves the frog and then the frog pees on her and she goes oh <laughs> she drops it the frog goes like this my wife sees it in slow-mo because she's got a supernatural gift from god to empathetically feel every single thing another animal feels and so she feels it in slow-mo as it ah and she's like its spine is going to be broken my wife will bend a drill a, a, a blemish on an animal any day of the week I'm telling you, she will rub some uh, an, uh, 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 ointment and cream all over things. I'm like, honey, just let it live. And so anyway, she, she's feeling it. And she's like, oh, my heart. And Gianna's like, oh, my heart. Okay, I found a frog. <laughs> I think sometimes our Christianity is like that too. I love you while I love you. But when you pee on me, I will drop you. If you don't treat me the way I want you to treat me, I will drop you in a Midnight, you know, in a second. I don't know what that term is, right? Listen, sometimes people will pee on you. Okay, now, that, uh, I need to lose. I need to walk away from the metaphor, right? I'm thinking Calvin and Hobbes stickers on the back of to Toyota trucks. Okay, listen. Sometimes people won't do right by you, and it will feel wrong. And do we drop them the moment they do wrong, or if they don't post the way you wanted it? Come on. God says to love well. First Corinthians fourteen sums it up. It says, "Let love." be your greatest aim when you're confused do i stand firm show them the right way to live or do i have influence we have to be balanced by am i loving well if i sit if i hit submit if i hit send this text will i not go oh crap can i get it back right <laughs> how many think text messages need like a five minute grace window where you could take it back before 
right? Listen, before you send the email, is it laced with love? Uh, Write this down. You can't influence people you're antagonizing. You can't influence people you're antagonizing. You will not reach them if all you're doing is insulting them. One of our overseers, Jimmy Rollins, my wife and I got to hang out with two weeks ago, and he was teaching on outreach, how to love the least of these. And this is one thing he said that struck. It's impossible to make a difference when you're trying to make a point. We don't go out and try to feed homeless people. And when you're like, hey, would you like a meal? Let me tell you why you are homeless. Can we talk about your decisions? That was not a smart decision. How about we try to get a job, right? That, they start saying, I don't want your meal. I don't even really want to talk to you. John Maxwell says, reach for someone's heart before you reach for someone's hand. Which means you've got to love people even beyond their preferences. Jesus said to people who said, would you just make the law easier? What do you expect of us? He said, love God and love people. And we've got to do a better day and age in, in 2021 of loving our neighbors, even if they're not exactly like us. Galatians 5, 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith. Someone who loves Jesus said, amen. The only thing that counts is faith. Faith expressing itself through love. You have to live your life through the conduit of love. Amen? Come on. Number three, the the third built different differentiator about Daniel. It says in verse four that the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel is handling his government affairs. But they couldn't find anything. They couldn't find anything to criticize nor to condemn. He was faithful. He was always responsible. He was completely trustworthy. Oh, I could name a number of other people this describes throughout the Bible because there's something different about the followers of God that they have number three, they pursue excellence in all they do. They are in essence saying, I serve an excellent God, and I need you to see my excellent God through my excellent nature. I'm not going to give you half-hearted. I'm not going to turn in sloppy work. I am going to give you excellence because excellence attracts. If there's a new restaurant in town, will you go to it if somebody gives it a five-star review versus somebody giving it a half-star review and saying it was disgusting, and I'm not even sure what they put in the food if they're following health codes. Would you run and flock to that restaurant we're attracted to excellent things you know the other day we had some people over at our house i was trying to connect with a kid in fifth grade and who i know likes soccer and i said i watch soccer too who do you pull for and he said manchester city i was like of course you do they're like number one and they bought their way to the top everybody likes the number one team right like if you're trying to figure out which team you like and you're deciding you'd go for the excellent one right away don't you Right? Because we're attracted to excellence. And so um, we have got to become people who live excellent too. That means wear deodorant. That means show up on time. That, 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 that means look presentable. It means brush your teeth. It means serve not as unto man, but serve as unto God. If God were my employer, how would I show up? straggling in going i'm only five minutes late everybody else is 15 right if 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 god were 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 my roommate if god were um sharing a living room with me we would say oh you pick up the dishes yourself right right we we got to choose 
to try to live as excellent as possible. 2 Corinthians 6 says, Paul says, don't frustrate God's work by showing up late. Don't throw a question mark over everything we're doing, witnessing to the people around here because of your tardiness or because of the way you're trying to live. He says this, our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. In other words, the people you're witnessing to don't care what you're saying as much as if you're living out what you're saying. Come on, are you doing what you say you should be doing? Come on, are you being excellent? If you serve an excellent God, we should pursue it. I love what Chris Hodges says. We are to live respectable lives and let all that we do be done in the best of our ability. Come on, we all have different abilities, but we can give it our best. Ask your kids, are you giving it your best? Ask yourself, am I giving it my best? With my marriage, ask yourself, am I giving it my best or have I made my spouse common? And there's no differentiator between the way I treat them and the way I treat the world. I want my wife to see there is a difference in the way he, she, he treats me than the way he treats anybody else. And we got to be excellent in what we're doing. In fact, I wrote this down. Pursue in all you do excellence. Take that note. Pursue in all you do excellence. That's one reason why for the summer... Uh, so summer, traditionally, um, people want to get away, especially in this area. We want to hit up the beach, and, and there's more plans, and you hit up vacations. And, and, and a lot of people didn't get to go on vacation last year. And so this year, we're like, we're ready for vacation. So let me tell you what we're going to do for the summer. I want to uh, – we have an excellent dream team. Like, it is it – is, the, the secret sauce of Lift Church. Our dream team is so excellent, and I want to be an excellent pastor to not only them, but to you. And so because of that, we are going to choose, starting on June 20th on Father's Day, we are going to go to one experience because I don't want you to feel guilty about taking some vacation and some time off. Come on, we're online now. You can worship with us from the ball field. We got people on the ball field right now worshiping with us. You can worship with us from the vacation spot. Also, our dream team, I don't want them to be stretched thin. And did you know that we have 52 people who say yes every Sunday to make this go from a movie theater to a church? Some of them showing up as early as 5.45 a.m. Can you give a shout-out to a brother who is doing that? Come on. They are phenomenal. And so for the summer, I, we would rather have one exceptional, one excellent experience together where we can have excellent community, both uh, uh, experiences coming together and seeing one another and being in community at, at one time to have one excellent experience. And so we're going to have one excellent summer. Look, here's some of the things we're going to do. It's going to be the best summer yet. We're going we're to have Hero Sunday on Father's Day. If you want to dress like a hero, do it or dress your kids like a hero. It's going to be fantastic. Beach Sunday. I want you to wear appropriate church beach attire to church that just means wear a palm branch like something tropical looking with maybe some shorts and flip-flops because we're going to have a, a theme summer where we have a little bit of fun together all right and and that evening we're going to go at 4 p.m to the beach where we'll have baptisms a bonfire barbecue for you and just hanging out together come on how many think that's a good idea it's just going to be a good idea on july 4th we have so many next generation young preachers developing. They're sharing in Lift Church youth, soul youth. 
and I, I want to make a place for them to preach on a Sunday. And so we're going to have five next-generation young preachers preaching on July 4th. July 11th, Team Sunday, wear your favorite team jersey, because on uh, uh, July 17th, that following Saturday, we're going to go serve our community just like a team and show them Team Jesus, all right? July 18th, Christmas in July. Where are my people who want to put Christmas lights up all year long? Come on, we're going to let you pull out that ugly sweater on a hot day. That's going to be awesome. July 25th, my friend Mark Poland from Discover Church will be here preaching. August 1st, Throwback Sunday. August 8th, Fam Sunday. August 15th, one of our overseers, Kenneth Wagner from Dover, Delaware, is going to be in the house. It's going to be our best summer yet. If you're excited for it, would you put your hands together? It's going to be excellent and let me finish with this number four the bible says in verse 19 it's talking about daniel the king runs out to see if daniel's made it through the lion's den it says very early in the next morning the king runs and he yells out hey daniel are you okay was your god able to save you and daniel yelled back you pompous fool you bumbling buffoon, your mother was a hamster and your daddy smells of elderberry. <laughs> if you don't get me out of this hole, I shall taunt you another time. Come on, like, like this is not his response to him. Where are my Monty Python fans and you got the reference? Everybody else, what is he talking about? Okay, listen. There was no part in Daniel, though he probably felt it and wanted to tell him off a little bit. He responded, long live the king. Is this really his king? No. This is a Persian king. This is a Median king. This is not a Jewish king. This is not his king. And yet he found that he could have an honorable, number four, an honorable attitude. <laughs> an honorable attitude. We need to become more aware of our attitude. And we must always be different because we are honoring even when people don't deserve honor. It's fair to say that this was not uh, uh, da Daniel's favorite king. And yet he was respectful even after being disrespectful. Even after he was dissed, he was respectful. So we got to have an honoring attitude. I finish by saying, I came across this article two weeks ago that was hilarious. If you'll put up this picture, uh, a, a cafe serving coffee in France got fed up with their customers being so unpolite, being so rude, being so to the point that this is how they changed their menu. And uh, they, they said, if you tell us un cafe, if that's what you tell us, we will charge you seven euros for that cup of coffee. If, though... You say, un café s'il vous plaît. I, I don't speak French, but Google Translate helped help the brother out. Which says, if you say, one coffee, please, we shall only charge you $4.25. euros. <laughs> but if you say, bonjour, good morning, welcome, hello, one coffee, please, the price drops to a buck forty. In other words, we will charge you for being unpolite. We didn't do anything to you. Smile. Have some fun. Be nice. How many of y'all are tired of walking up to people who just can't get it together? They're salty. I, I was playing golf the other day with one of my friends. We stopped for a lunch. I'm telling you, the 40-year-old woman who took our order, she just needed to go home and take a nap. You know, it, it, it thought that we, we asked for her to, to do something super special for asking for a piece of lettuce. 
to be added to my rep. She's like, come on, man. <laughs> Do you know Jesus? Can I pray for you? You seem very unhappy. Like, guys, there is a differentiator when we have an awareness of our attitude and we have an honorable attitude. John Maxwell says, your attitude more than your aptitude will determine your altitude. And one employer said, amen to that. I bet people say, I will keep people who are not very good at their job if they would just be nice to the customer. Like, the build different aren't always approving, but they are always honoring. I don't always approve, but I am always honoring. And so let's finish with this. What's the result of being these four differentiators? Well, the king voluntarily said, I will send a Christian track to everybody I know. The Bible says, not just through my kingdom, but out to the entire world to tell them that your God is the God of all the universe. In other words, and take a picture of this screen right now, you can have a poor attitude proving a point to one person, or you can have the attitude of Christ headed to the cross, and they'll tell your story for all time. Come on. Maybe they don't have that on the screen, but I'll say it again. You can have a poor attitude trying to prove your point to one person. He could have said, Darius, you are a dumb king. Why did you throw me in here? Or you could show them your great God. You could surrender yourself as Jesus did on his way to the cross and let them voluntarily tell your story for the rest of all time. Father, I pray in this place over every single person listening online and in person, Father, that you would give us these built different differentiators by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would help us love you more than anything else. For those of us who feel a, a sense of condemnation uh, 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 about not spending enough time with you, we say there is no spirit of condemnation in this room, but there is conviction. And so, Father, for those of us who are spurned to spend more time with you, I pray, let us fall more in love with your word. Let us understand it. Let us spend time in prayer. Let us spend time in worship and to be with you. And I, we know you'll make a difference. Help us to love people that are hard to love, God. Help us to love the frogs who pee on us in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would give us an excellent spirit in all that we do so that people take notice of us, just like Joseph or Daniel. And they, they promote and they give us more influence because, Father, you are moving through us and you've called us to it. And in Jesus' name, that we would have an honorable attitude and an awareness of how we treat others in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before we leave, if you say, Pastor Drew, I don't know if I do any of these well. I'm not, I'm not very close to God, but I want to do this. And this isn't how I've been living, but I want to pursue Jesus. I want to give him my life. If that's you in this place. And you know you are not right with him. If you, if you had to appear before him today, you would say, I'm scared to meet him today because I know I'm not living right. If that's you, the Bible says that you can have freedom. That Jesus, what he did on the cross, when he bled, his blood will wash away every sin you confess to him. You could be free. You could be a new person. And if you want that today, come on, just pray this prayer with us. Say, Father... I give you my life. I have messed up. I have made some dumb decisions. I've hurt myself. And I've hurt you, Lord. I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to go a different way. I'm going to need your help. 
God, I'm asking you to take control of my life. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He took the cross and the punishment that was meant for me so that I could be free. So I am a new person now because of Jesus. And I want you to call the shots. Help me to follow you in your word. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on and celebrate what God's doing.